This podcast is brought to you by Dave McEwen, the author of a new book entitled The Self-Evolved Leader. Elevate your focus and develop your people in a world that refuses to slow down. Please listen to podcast number 766, where Dave and Greg speak about the key element of a self-evolved leader and the disciplines that are required to lead in today's fast-moving environment. As Dave states in the interview, the leader's role is not that of a hero, to solve all the problems. It is to empower his and her team to find innovative ways to solve problems. If you want to learn more about Dave McEwen and his new book, The Self-Evolved Leader, please visit www.outfieldleadership.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voison, the host of Inside Personal Growth. And Tina, as I do every time, I have to thank the listeners because without listeners, um, there'd be no reason to do this podcast. After 13 years on the air and almost 780 podcasts uh, from listeners from around the world uh, who want to learn from our authors and what they have to say. And today joining me from Los Angeles, California is Tina Hay. Good day to you, Tina. How are you doing? Great. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. Well, I appreciate you being on the show. I appreciate you spending some time with our listeners about a very important topic, which I'm just going to call financial literacy. But the book is called Napkin Finance, and it's a really unique uh, graphically facilitated book, Build Your Wealth in 30 Seconds or Less. Also, you can find the work that Tina has done with her team. And I will say this is definitely a team effort because you don't get a book like this done without a team. And it's napkinfinance.com. Just go there. You're going to find many different videos. These are all been put into categories uh, for people to learn about everything from debt to hard and soft credit to the taxes, tax deductions, financial statements. So there is a plethora of information there. Uh, Tina, I'm going to let our listeners know a little bit about you. Tina is the founder of Napkin Finance, www.napkinfinance.com, a visual guide to money. And truly, it is a visual guide. It's almost like graphically facilitated, and the videos are often awesome. Tina and Napkin Finance have been featured on CNBC, Forbes, Market Watch, and Business Insider. Her company is committed to helping individuals make smart financial decisions at different life stages by providing unique visual learning tools and resources. She holds a BA from UCLA and an MBA from Harvard University and lives in Los Angeles. Well, Tina, thanks for being on the show and spending a little bit of time with our listeners. And, you know, when you first look at the book, you go, well, if somebody has some background in finance, Um, They maybe know a lot of these things, but there's a lot of things in there that I'm sure people don't know. And in your at your website, you talk about your partners and you actually went uh, to the White House and Michelle Obama's one of her big things was this arena. Tell us a little bit about financial literacy, if you would, and the importance, because Americans today are probably. Uh, the least financial literate that they should be, especially in a world that's moving so fast? Yeah. So, you know, in in the U.S., most people never take a financial education class or learn from their parents. So it puts people at a disadvantage, you know, when they need to do, when they need to make major decisions and for planning and preparing for everything from taking on student loan debt to investing and planning for retirement. And so, 
it's we think of it as either a vicious cycle or a virtuous cycle. So either you learn early on and plan and prepare and it's a virtuous cycle or um, take on debt early on and, you know, and not plan ahead and, you know, live in a lifestyle that is always kind of trying to catch up and make up for um, poor decisions around money and finance. And so what we try to do is we try to empower people, help them understand really the critical um, foundations of money, um, what's really important, and and use those to make better financial decisions at every life stage. Now, if there were three key areas that you have seen, because obviously you've done a lot of research for this book, you had to, I looked at the bibliography and man, is it packed. And I'll just tell most of my listeners out there, if you just go to uh, the bibliography in this book and you, you know, want to look for the resources that were used to um, really accomplish the development of the book, you're going to be very, very impressed. What are the three key areas that you're finding? I know you have these in categories, you know, like building credit and buying a new home and uh, buying or leasing a car, college survival, getting married and all these kind of things. But where do you see the big challenges for people today? Is it credit card debt? Is it budgeting? Is it student loans, which is right now at what we're, we're in the trillions in student loans that people are carrying? Um, where would you say the biggest rubs are? So I would say first is definitely credit card debt um, is a big one, especially after the holidays, the beginning of the year. And so taking on too much debt is one. Um, Not planning ahead, not preparing for retirement. Retirement can be very expensive. And so not taking steps now to plan for that. And then not, you know, being very um, proactive about improving credit and paying attention to what um, your credit is and how you can improve it and build a better score. So I would say those are three areas. Of course, it really is unique depending on age and lifestyle and you know financial situation, but mostly people don't think about these things until it's too late. So let's talk about that. Uh, credit scores, FICO scores. Um, what advice would you provide to the listeners that are out there? It doesn't matter what age they are. Um, for maintaining um, good ratios, uh, for making sure that they pay off their debt on time. Um, what kind of advice would you have generally around just maintaining better credit scores? And then we'll get into a few of the others. Right. So credit, your credit score is really critical, and most people don't pay attention to it until they're applying for either a mortgage or a loan. And so we think of credit as like an emergency fund, and you don't want to um, you know, t- you want to take advantage of opportunities with your credit. Um, and so we, we think of it as, you know, very small steps to get started, things like just checking your score and your credit history, making sure there are no errors, um, you know, checking for ID theft, things like that. And then after that, working on being more um, aggressively managing and improving your score. And so, again, it's a very specific depending on your situation, but it can be very you know, broken down into very small steps to begin with. Yeah. And, you know, the another confusing area for people is just this whole area of IRAs, 401ks, um, uh, uh, Roth IRAs, uh, all of that. What advice would you have for young people, middle-aged people, 
that are currently, you know, listening to this as far as contributing to these IRAs? Because you mentioned just a few seconds ago that people don't plan enough for the retirement. Um, and it doesn't matter if they're working for a company and putting money in a 401k or they work for themselves. And let's say they're going to do a SEP IRA or defined pension plan, or they're going to do something like that. What general advice would you give somebody today about the planning for retirement? Yeah, so I would say, first of all, be proactive about it. Um, get advice. And if your company offers a 401k, make sure you're maximizing that. But again, you know, there are different areas within your within retirement planning. There are 401ks, IRAs, and other accounts. There's Social Security, a pension if you have one, or equity in your home. The key is, especially for someone who's younger or, you know, or thinking about it for first steps, is to really just start as soon as possible. Make sure you are actively investing in the stock market. Other good rules of thumb include, you know, capturing your full employer match, as I mentioned, and then also trying to save a portion of your income while you're, you are in your working years. A good rule of thumb, again, is about 15%. So taking these steps and planning early on, I think, is the key for being prepared when you do reach retirement age. Well, you know, everybody coming up here starting February is going to be getting their 1099s and their W-2s and their things to do their taxes. And you have a thing on tax deductions. That's one of the napkins. You've got lots of napkins, but that's one of them. And one of the things that I think people make mistakes on is not taking enough deductions, not knowing where those deductions are. What advice would you have for just, you know, people that are just starting out that are listening to this show today um, about making sure they're taking advantage of the proper deductions on their tax return? Yeah, so I would say the number one thing is really get good advice. The rules and the laws are changing all the time, especially if you're a 1099 employee. And so I would say the most important thing is to get good advice. Each situation and each person's kind of circumstances can be very different from year to year. And depending on whether you have your own corporation or how you are, you know, working with your employer or your contract or your within your contracts. And so I would say it's important to get good, good help and make sure you have people who are advocating for you and up to the minute information on really what your tax situation is. Because again, it, it does change year to year and it has in the last few years, especially for 1099s. Yeah. And there are so many deductions that people miss uh, and don't get. And sometimes even with advisors, they miss them. And there are lots of tools out there. And I was hearing the other day on um, NPR that uh, the government is supposed to be giving, uh, there's these websites that allow people to do their taxes for free, but people will go to Intuit and buy all the software to actually uh, do their taxes. Any um, thoughts or ideas around that? Because there is has there was a law just recently passed about that, that these agencies are supposed to be providing that at no cost to people, but people don't really understand that that's the case. Do you know anything about that? Yeah. So the beauty of actually technology now is there's so many re- resources and tools that, you know, are free and uh, most of them are, are great and, you know, we definitely recommend taking advantage of them, but I think there is each person has very unique circumstances, and so things can fall through the cracks. And especially with your taxes, you definitely don't want to take chances. So I think it's important to use these resources and tools, um, but also get expert advice, especially when it comes to things like your taxes. 
Okay. And, um, you know, this time of year, uh, people should be thinking about their budget. Um, I think people should be thinking about their budget all the time. But what napkin finance uh, do you have available for people that will be looking at their budgets during the course of 2020? Yeah, so we have, so uh, the book starts out in, on our website as well at napkinfinance.com, but within the book, we have a, our first section is a Money 101, and we cover budgeting because, again, that is really actually one of the most important steps and, and pieces of any financial plan is knowing where, where your money is going. Basically, a plan is, a budget is a plan, so for saving and spending. And so having structure around that, using rules of thumb, and simplifying things, making it very manageable, are actually the key to, um, you know, financial freedom. And so we do cover budgeting. We have our rules of thumb of, you know, 50, 20, 30 of breaking down your essentials, financial goals, and flexible payments. But again, it's all about simplicity, which is really at the core of what we do at Napkin Finance, is to set it, make it simple, automate it, use technology and other resources and tools, and make it very seamless and efficient and, you know, be able to enjoy other aspects of life and not have to worry about where your money is going and how much you're spending and saving. Yeah, it is. And and budgeting is something that sometimes people wait too long, Tina, to do. Um, they don't look at it and I'm going to put a crazy plug out for here for you need a budget because <laughs> I really think that it's a, a great service that's being provided. And if people want to check that out, they can check it out on a podcast of ours. It was uh, podcast number 736 with Jess Meacham. Uh, and it's truly awesome. Now, uh, you get into a lot of different areas. Uh, you get into revocable and irrevocable trusts and trust planning. Um, and I know this gets to be a little bit more complicated, obviously, because now we're talking about people's estate tax planning. But if you were to generally tell people today advice on putting together a will, there's a new company out uh, called Wills and Trusts. There's also Legal Zoom. Um, these are companies that allow you to do this on online. What would you want to tell our listeners, no matter what their age is, about having these completed um, and having them done? Well, I would say everyone should have some kind of an estate plan. I think that's the, the key is to make sure that, you know, we have an napkin on estate planning. It's basically, we, it's, it's the, the heading is what happens to your stuff when you die. And it's something that's really critical for every person to think about and take steps and have the right kind of legal documents in place, whether it's, you know, health directives or for your finances. And I think the most important thing is to be prepared early on. A lot of people put off, you know, thinking about trusts and planning for their estate until later on, but really it's a critical element of everyone's financial kind of portfolio and well-being is to have those in place. And so I think it's, 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 we definitely recommend getting, I mean, whether it's using a legal Zoom, we don't really endorse any one kind of service, but I think most important is to actually do something about it and start planning early on and making sure that, you know, you protect your family and, and other loved ones just in case of emergency. Yeah. And along that line, obviously there are uh, different um, philosophies about this, but uh, having life insurance, having some uh, something for your family, if you don't have a very big estate, um, 
I didn't notice that, but I'm sure it's probably in one of your napkins somewhere. Um, what would your general comments be about that as far as protecting the estate? Yeah, so again, it's interesting. We, you know, we have an estate planning napkin, and one of the things we, we point out is, you know, surprisingly, there, there are quite a few people that pass away without any kind of an estate plan or will. Um, most recently, Prince and Aretha Franklin, I think, were two of them. Um, David Bowie. It's this is not you know this this is not specific to one you know demographic. It's many people don't don't have an estate plan or will or trust in place, and it just can lead to such chaos. And so, you know, there, it's it's one of those things where you can't stress enough the importance of getting help in actually documenting and really having a plan in place. And it's it's not, you know, and, and, and as to your earlier point, I mean, there are a lot of resources where you can do it very efficiently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's no reason not to. I think the most important thing is to make sure to have a plan in place, regardless of really where your finances are. And I would uh, echo that comment that uh, you see too many people die. Um, their, their estates end up in probate. It takes forever for people to unwind them. It costs a lot of money. It's very expensive to die without it. And it's also, yeah. yeah. And it also leaves open all kinds of opportunities for the government to, to look at everything you have and start to get to your assets. So, um, you know, I'd really highly encourage people on that one. Now, yeah, and, and also and to that point, you know, a lot of it is people think it's just about your finances, but it's about your health and planning and planning for disabilities and taxes as well. So there's so much more involved to estate planning than just, you know, just your finances. Yes. Now, earlier you mentioned that, you know, you, you thought people should invest in the market. It doesn't matter if it's the market or it's real estate or whatever it is. But one of the things that I think um, – uh, maybe even new young investors and even older investors, because the older you get, the less uh, risk tolerance you have. Um, but you you talk about volatility on one of the napkins, and there's lots of zigs and zags in this. Um, what would you want to tell listeners today who are considering uh, opening up a 401k plan for the first time or an IRA for the first time or doing something about the volatility of not only the markets, but the choices that they make? Um, we know that on an average, the market has probably done between seven and eight percent. Um, but the reality is, we do have years where it, uh, like two thousand and eight, dropped uh, over thirty percent. Right. So you know, if you look at the statistics over a twenty-year period, the S and P has never lost money. So annually, yes, there, there, the markets go up and down. But the key is patience and having a longer-term perspective. And again. The note there is that everyone has a very different risk profile and very different short and long-term needs, and I think that's why it's important to to invest in whatever way is particular to your own financial well-being and your needs. But generally, if you look at the market for for people who are patient for the longer term, um, the markets have been incredibly rewarding. And so investing is just one way to, you know, fight inflation. It's, it's, you know, it has more advantages. It's, it's helping you have your money work for you instead of, you know, 
um, sitting in a savings account. But there are a lot of different options, even if you are, you know, more conservative and risk averse in in investing. And so I think it's a it's a matter of finding what balance is right for you, but also making sure you're taking advantage of opportunities to have your money work for you. Yeah, I would agree with you uh, a lot on that one. And it, and the other thing that people who are you know we're switching around here a bit, but we've been talking about retirement. We've been talking about finance, investing your money. And the reality is the whole thing is around, you know, where are you putting with your money and how are you spending your money? And one of the areas we spend our money all the time that we don't always see is social security. We know that it's there. And the old cliche is it's very social, but it's very insecure. People don't know how long it's going to be. The millennials keep saying, I don't think I'll ever collect on that. What basic advice would you tell people? Because now there's new laws around social security about natural retirement age and when they can take the money out and, um, what kind of benefits people are going to actually receive out of this? Do you have any kind of general comments overall? Because, you know, Congress is always changing something, but the reality is it is something that we're forced to pay into. Right. So generally, Social Security, it's, it's, what it is is it's a government-provided safety net and basically provides benefits around retirement income, disability income, survivorship benefits, and Medicare. Um, what's, the way that it works is, you know, you contribute money over time. The more you contribute, the better the benefits are, and you're eligible at the age of 62. But, you know, again, as to your earlier point, there is no no guarantee that Social Security will be around or how it can if it can actually pay for retirement. And so part of going back to how, you know, opportunities to pay for retirement, I think that's one reason why it's important to invest early on and to have retirement accounts and, and make sure that you're planning for, all, you know, opportunities outside of Social Security because, again, it's very much unknown. That it is indeed. And nobody knows how long it's going to last or how much more money is going to have to be put into it from our government to, to make it uh, stay viable. There's all kinds of predictions actuarially right now uh, that nobody really knows about. And, you know, you have in the, in the arena, this one arena, there are just so many napkins, but um, you were talking about the estate planning and charitable remainder trusts. And one of the areas that I find interesting that we see more and more problem with is as people age, and it doesn't matter how, how old you are and you're listening to this podcast, uh, long-term care is an issue. Um, I know I went through it with my mother. Uh, I know many people that are going through it now. Usually the older you are, the closer it becomes when you actually see this. Um, what advice might you have from this napkin uh, finance uh, regarding long-term care? Yeah, so it's interesting. We have um, we have a napkin actually on long-term care on our website, and you know the the key with long-term care is planning ahead. And most people don't realize um, the opportunity to pay for having help to kind of the end of life, where where it's the most important to have someone and you know, to take care of you. And so um, long-term care insurance is an opportunity to plan for that, and it's also to protect your family, make sure that you can stay home in your later later years. And long-term care insurance is something that most people disregard, but for the people who take advantage of it and seize the opportunities, it's, it's an amazing opportunity. And it basically helps you pay with things, self-care for later in life. And so 
everything from assisted living, paying for nursing homes, hospice, um, modifying your home for health issues. And the importance is, again, it protects your family, reduces the burden for them having to pay for your, you know, your your um, nursing and and medical care, and then also being able to choose where you spend your your year, later years, if it's in your home or, you know, versus a nursing home. And so there are a lot of benefits to it. And again, it's one of those opportunities where the earlier that it's it's um, it's taken care of, it, it, the, the more beneficial it is in the, in the long term. Yes, and and you do a good job of explaining it on the napkin. I was just looking at it. You know, Tina, this is a big project um, that you've undertaken with Napkin Finance because if you look at the financial community, it's gigantic. And you look at um, our government agencies, which are involved in this in many different ways as well. And yet you as an entrepreneur, uh, kudos to you, have taken on something that you really want to help people learn. Um, What was the motivation kind of for you? I know it's like to educate people. But you say on your website, partnerships, and it says partner with us. Tell us a little bit about that. What are you actually looking for as well? Because every one of these folks, when you go to the website, Napkin Finance, every napkin we've talked about has a little video with it as well. Um, So you can click on the napkin and then right underneath, you're going to get a video and then you're going to get an explanation in actual text. And this is, is pretty much a monumental project she's undertaken. So where do you want to go with this, Tina? Yeah, so first of all, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's really uh, what has been wonderful for us to see this content resonate with people of all ages. You know, we're hoping that we can reach people and help them engage and empower themselves with their finances and make better decisions. And so we always say, you know, speak to your financial advisor, but it's important um, when making decisions to understand what the reason is behind them and to start early on. And so, you know, the inspiration behind the company was my own struggles as an MBA student, um, learning as a visual learner the basics of money and finance. And so we're, we're, we're really hoping to empower people, not only our readers, but through banks and financial institutions that we work with, everyone from J.P. Morgan Chase to UBS to AARP to our nonprofit partners. So we work with schools, universities. Um, you know, we help people who may not have access to these resources or, or parents that can teach them. So, you know, we're a social enterprise, and our goal is to help people really make better decisions over a lifetime and in really the moments that matter. Yeah, and you also partnered, as I mentioned earlier, with Michelle Obama to teach students about FAFSA and paying for college called um, Make Room, Better Make Room. Cornell University is another one. Harvard, obviously your alma mater. Um, UBS, Finn, which is a subdivision of Chase. So you've got some partners already, but you're also looking for more partners. So anybody out there who would like to partner uh, with Tina and Napkin Finance, just go to the website and go to the button that says partner with us and uh, get in touch with them because um, this is an opportunity, I think, um, not only to bring value to the world and to help people uh, be more independent. And I think, you know, one of the issues we have is that, you know, social security is not the only thing people should be relying on. They should be building their retirement plan, like you said earlier. And one of the ways to do that is to start early. And one of the ways to do that is to educate people 
and make sure that they're educated uh, before it's too late. So I really want to acknowledge you for having taken on this, for writing this book, making it available for all the videos you put out and a wonderful website uh, that my listeners can get to uh, to do that. Um, I want to thank you for being on Inside Personal Growth and spending a few minutes with us today speaking about your new book, Napkin Finance, Build Your Wealth in 30 Seconds or Less. And we've been on with Tina Hay, the founder and CEO of Napkin Finance. Do you have any last words that you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Yeah, so we're we're online. We're on all social channels at Napkin Finance, and we love hearing from people. If you have any suggestions or thoughts, um, we're we'd love to hear from 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 people um, and for any suggestions. Quick, I have a suggestion. I actually went Please. on uh, my iPad and I looked under Napkin Finance for an app. And I didn't see one. Do you guys plan an app soon? We will. We will. That's actually some, one of the things we have coming up for this year. Oh, great. Great. Because you definitely need one. Yes. <laughs> so there, there's one of my suggestions is when I great. go to my iPad and I'm looking for the app on Napkin Finance, but you can go to the website and get it. And Tina, thanks so much for being on with us today. I really appreciate your time and I appreciate you spending a few minutes with us. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. This podcast is brought to you by Dr. Moshe Engelberg, the author of a new book entitled The Amari Wave, Uplifting Business by Putting Love to Work. Please listen to podcast number 761, where Moshe and Greg speak about the benefits of embedding love into the workplace and the tremendous effects that it brings to employees, customers, and the business. Many businesses such as REI, Costco, Trader Joe's, and many others have experienced profits and employee engagement levels rise as a result of bringing love into the workplace. We hope you enjoy this engaging and informative interview with author Dr. Moshe Engelberg about his new book, The Amari Wave. Please listen to podcast number 761. And if you'd like to learn more about Dr. Moshe Engelberg's new book, please visit www.theamariwave, spelt A-M-A-R-E. Thanks for listening.